Once upon a time. Welcome to a new episode of Discover Oral Teaching. So far, we have looked at stories, how to memorize, tell, and discuss them. And I want to repeat that a story told is so much more worth than a story well prepared but not told at all. In this episode, actually the last one which is about stories, I want to invite you to think strategically about which story to prepare and to tell. Hopefully you remember that stories can change worldviews and very often to become a follower of Christ means to learn God's thoughts about God, about humans, the world and our relationship with him. Often sanctification means to exchange wrong convictions and lies with godly and biblical truth. Therefore, in order to challenge and change the worldview of people we want to tell the stories to, we need to know their worldview well. Maybe you have already heard of guilt and shame and fear-based cultures. Each of these cultures have different values and motivations, and they also see God in different ways. The guilt culture often has a very strong emphasis on sin and that God is judge. A shame-based culture often focuses very much on the relationship and God is more seen as the father. In fear-based cultures, the spiritual world is very prominent and God as a lord over every angel and demon is most appealing. You see that all three perspectives are supported by the Bible and in fact in order to have a holistic and firm faith All three perspectives need to be included in our theology. But every culture and every person has one of these perspectives which speaks loudest and therefore can be an entrance to become interested in the biblical God. Of course, these cultures can also be mixed, but usually one of them is the strongest. If you want to know more about this guilt, shame and fear-based approaches, about the vocabulary to use and examples, I strongly recommend this following book. It's called The Three D Gospel, Ministry in Guilt, Shame and Fear Cultures. It is written by Jason George. It is very thin, very cheap, and it's a very good book. Staying with worldview, there are also several questions which are connected with worldview and which you can ask in order to find out what your people believe. For example, you can have a look at what is their view on life after death. Do they believe that there is a life after death? Is it finished after one life? Is there reincarnation? Or what is the origin of human life? Where do we come from? Is it evolution? Is it creation? In Mongolia people believe that humans come from deers and wolves. Also the question how to be saved. Do people want to be saved at all? Is there salvation? What is the supernatural world? Are there gods? Is there only one god? And if there are gods, what is the character? Are there different realms and spirits? Are there demons and angels? A different one is What is worshipped? So what do the people worship? 
And how is it done? Is it done at certain places? Do they have certain rituals to worship? If they pray, what do they pray for? That often reveals also matters of their hearts. And the last question, what motivates their worship? Is it love? Is it fear? Out of duty? Desperation? So you can see there are different motives and convictions that can be the foundation of behavior. So wonder and think about it and find out what is the foundation and the worldview of the people you want to tell the stories to. So when you got a fairly good idea about the general worldview, you can also look for lies, convictions which are not supported by the Bible. Are there lies in the worldviews? Are there convictions which might be a barrier in order to believe what the Bible says? For example, a very common one is, all religions are the same. Well, if one person believes that strongly, there won't be any interest to know more about the Christian belief because all the religions are the same anyway. It will be clearly a hindrance. Very often in Asia, there is this conviction that Christianity is a Western religion. And if I want to be an Asian, I can't believe in Christ because that is Western and I would lose my identity. So then people are not open to listen to what the Bible says. Ancestor worship can also be a big hindrance and barrier in order to open up for the theology that the Bible teaches. In the West, sometimes there might be this lie that financial security is a must. If you believe that, you will not allow God to be the Lord of your life and put you out of your comfort zone and maybe even ask you to sacrifice security or money. So you see, these can be lies that will hinder a person to open up and believe what the Bible teaches. But beside barriers and lies, every culture and every worldview also has gospel bridges. And these are convictions which are similar to what the Bible says. That could be cultural traditions, proverbs, that could be stories that carry similar values. And when you find these bridges, they can serve as a very good starting point for your storytelling or even for your sermons. So that the people see that Christianity is not a foreign thing, but it's something that is also already rooted in their culture. When you've got a good idea about the worldview, some barriers and some of the bridges, another important step is to put yourself into the shoes of the people you want to reach and ask yourself, what is for them the good of the good news? Very often, we think the good news is that Jesus died at the cross for our sins. For example, for Mongolians, that was not attractive at all. For them, Jesus' power over demons, and that Jesus heals, and that he listens to prayer, was much better news. Ask yourself, what stories do I have to tell the people so that they will get attracted by what they hear and that they want to hear even more? These stories I call the good news set. And the good news is not what we traditionally think the good news, but what for them is the good news. 
For example, many women have the following conviction, which are based in their worldview and causes them to interpret situations, make decisions, and motivates their behavior. They firmly believe. I have no value and I have no voice. These convictions are not supported by the Bible and they actually harm women all over the world. So hearing stories which tell them that there is a God who sees them, who created them, who treasures them, who rejoices over them and wants them to have a meaningful part in his kingdom and work, would be good news and would speak to them. Maybe you remember that it takes five to seven different stories to confront and to change a worldview. Therefore, maybe have a break and sit down and think what stories can you find in the Bible which would challenge this belief. I have no value and I have no voice. I don't know which one you found. I just want to give some examples. The Bible has many. Some would be, for example, Hagar, the one who actually gives God the name. He's the one who sees me. Then there's Esther, placed in the palace, rescuing the whole Jewish people. Deborah, a prophet and the leader of armies, rescuing again people of Israel. Hannah, a woman who prays and God hears her prayer and answers her prayer and she is devoting her children to him. Then in the New Testament, there is the bleeding woman. She is actually breaking religious, traditional, social rules by going out of her house, going into the crowd and touching Jesus. But her rudeness is not rejected, but Jesus sees her and Jesus feels that she touches him, turns to her and heals her. Also Mary at Jesus' feet. Jesus is not sending her into the kitchen. He's not rebuking her. In the contrary, he says, let her stay here. She has a full right to listen to my theology lessons as well. Women should listen to theology. Or Mary Magdalene, the first witness of the resurrection, she is the one who should tell the man, the man don't believe her, but she is sent by God to tell the world that Jesus is risen. Also Lydia, the woman in Philippi, she is the first believer in Europe. She had church in her house and she was most likely the leader of that church as well. So please remember that at this point, very often you do not have to discuss and explain the stories. Just tell them and let the stories do their work in the hearts of the listeners. Maybe the listeners want you to tell the same story again and again. And that just shows their longing for it and the interest. Maybe you can also share a personal testimony. But only start to discuss the stories when your listeners ask for it. When they get to a point where they want to know more about God, when they are attracted and interested, then you can start to tell other stories as well. And I call these stories the redemptive history set. In this set, you include stories that show the big picture, God's hand in history. 
from creation to Jesus' second coming. Of course, you have to see what is important, what shows God's character. And you can find examples for redemptive history sets on the internet, and even some for special target groups. But I would recommend to still choose stories which are most relevant and fitting for your listeners. So even if you get a story set, look at it and maybe change stories here and then and put the stories in that are most attractive and fitting to your target group. For example, if you want to tell that Jesus has the power over sickness, you still can choose which healing story to tell. Does Jesus heal men or a woman? Does Jesus heal in public or in private? Does the healed person obey Jesus afterwards or not? The Bible gives us so many different stories so that we can choose the one which is most acceptable for our target group. If you create this redemptive history story set, don't be afraid to have half or maybe two-thirds from the Old Testament. Because in many ways, we can't understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. We can't understand Jesus' sacrifice without the sacrifice traditions in the temple. Think also how long do people in your culture listen to a story? What is their intention span? Do they have very long stories or rather short ones? Usually, a basic story set contains about 12 to 20 stories. So don't make a story set with 50 or 200 stories. You will not start. Make it possible to learn. So start with 12 to 20 stories. If you want to read more about story sets, also a lot of what I told in this episode comes from the following book, which I strongly recommend. It is called Telling the Gospel Through Story. Evangelism that keeps hearers wanting more. It's written by Christine Dillon and it is published IVP Books in Illinois. There is also a website where she has videos and explains how to learn stories and about story sets. So it's a very good beneficial website and it's a very good book. I hope you see the importance of selecting stories wisely and creating story sets. Pray and think about it. And remember, everything starts with one story at a time.